Hi everyone, I'm Larry Walsh and this is Pod 2112, the official podcast of the 2112 Group, where we talk with industry executives, thought leaders, and influencers about the trends shaping the technology market and the world around us. If vendors are the suppliers of technology goods and services and partners of the feet in the street, then distribution is the backbone of the entire go-to-market value chain. Traditionally, distribution served a valuable role in providing the warehousing and logistics that simplified inventory management for vendors and provided easy access to products for solution providers. Over the years, distribution evolved its model. No longer are distributors' value proposition pick, pack, and ship. Over the last decade, distributors evolved their models to include professional services, technical support, marketing resources, and sales acceleration. Today, distributors around the world are investing heavily in expanding their capabilities as they look well beyond their traditional or even evolved role in the technology value chain to become influencers and catalysts of the end customer experience. Distributors are working with vendors and partners to develop new delivery models, create new value-add solutions that incorporate products and cloud services, provide technical and business expertise to better the end customer experience, and anticipate market and customer needs. The last thing distributors want is to be thought of as their past personas. They want to and are remaining relevant to the future of the technology industry, even as consumption models move beyond physical product. I recently had the chance to sit with Paul Bay, the Executive Vice President and Group President of the Americas at Ingram Micro to talk about the evolution of distribution and how distributors such as Ingram Micro are expanding their capabilities to help propel vendors, partners, and customers into the digital future. Is distribution misunderstood? I believe it is. Um, the, as this transformation that's going on in this industry, and we continue to focus on where we believe our customers, so I'll use our customers as the value-added reseller solution providers, as they go to market and really understanding the end users, uh, there's a huge opportunity and still many of them look for Ingram Micro and core competencies, which is still very relevant in this industry, but there's much more uh, that we're providing in this complete ecosystem. So one of the things you talk about a lot is delivering value or creating value for your customers. And again, your customers being the partner community, the resellers, the service providers. What does value mean from the Ingram perspective, from your personal perspective? I think it's a great question because actually I've been going to many of the countries as kind of the kickoff season that we're in. And uh, I've shared with them, there's a Harvard Business Review article, which I actually carry around with me, that uh, talks about value creation. Um, and I'll just use the quote real quick, Larry. It says, value creation is based on the economies of creativity, mass customization, bringing new products or services, improvements to market, finding solutions to customer problems, or improving the way products or services are sold and delivered. If you look at that and you kind of peel those things away, that's absolutely what Ingram Micro is focused on every day. What are we doing to help create, bring the mass customization, new products or services, finding new solutions to customers' problems, so our customers' customers' problems, um, and improving the way products and services are delivered and sold. Why is that important, though? Because it, to me, or in a very traditional sense, come back to what we were just saying about distribution being misunderstood, you're a point of, you're a warehouse of product. You're the ability to catalog, you're able to do financing. Why do you care about the value proposition or the experience of your customers' customers? Because today, if you're out, it's not about selling the product. It's not about selling the technology. It's truly about what that end user is trying to solve for. So think of us as a, 
Fortune 75 company, 33 plus thousand people on a global basis. We're trying to do that internally each and every day. So our business leaders are making decisions of how they can be more effective to our customers. And that trickles all the way down to the end users. What are we trying to solve for? And then backing into what the technology aspects are. So if you look at whether it's on-prem, off-prem, consumption model changes, all of those are relevant as we're continuing to pivot and being able to deliver what that outcome we're focused on. As opposed to before, we would sell technology, we'd come back three to five years later, we'd warranty, we'd service, say it's bigger, faster, better. At the end of the day, it's not as relevant of what is actually being delivered, it's what's the outcome we're trying to solve for. So you service two sides of the market. You have your vendors, the manufacturers that you support by bringing products to market, and then you have your customers, which are the resellers that bring the products to market. Do both of those constituents understand what that you know, when you're talking about adding value? Do your do both of those constituents recognize and appreciate what that means today, or is that something that's still part of an evolution? It's part of an evolution. So we're here at the Cloud Summit, uh, and I was having uh, a conversation with a customer yesterday about the relevancy of what they're trying to do and the challenges they have. And there's critical things, and, and, and one of the things I'm most proud of uh, about Anger Micro is the investments we've made in our cloud platform and being able to deliver and, and help deliver that solution uh, more relevant and in a much more seamless way. In addition, some of our partners and many of our partners, this moving to a new consumption model delivery and output is financially challenging in many instances because we're used to selling technology and going and saying, here's a $100,000 solution. Now we're selling and saying it may be $250, $300 a month for the next three years. That sounds good, but when you actually have to make that pivot to be able to finance that, that can be a challenge. And we're putting together programs where we're understanding. And I just, again, had this conversation last night because that's one of the biggest headwinds. This customer that's a very valuable customer of Ingram Micro that has a good, viable business as they're trying to pivot as quickly as possible as they're getting tied up in the cash flow uh, challenge that they have. And we can help them make that transition. It could be things like helping people buy out their service contracts or get them to get enough kind of in the pipeline to be able to make that transition to wake up one day and say 50 plus percent of my business on January 1 is already covered via um, a services model. Yeah. As I look around at the services-based industry, because that's ultimately where we're going, this digital transformation is going to ultimately result in the value proposition being in the customer experience. I don't necessarily see your customers pivoting in that direction yet. I know that the vendors want to go there, but they don't know how to measure incentives. Um, they don't know how to deliver it yet. Do you have a vision for Ingram delivering, helping to deliver that value experience? Yes. And it's the, there are customers. I have had some customer conversations where they actually have departments of CX and the customer experience for um, their end partners. Now, most of those are the forward thinking uh, customers that we have, our customers, and they're the ones that are, have made the pivot more quickly too. So I would say they're early on in the adoption rate of whichever is coming new in this uh, technology continuum. Um, and then there's ones that are still kind of doing the legacy way of how they've uh, delivered their solutions to their end customers. But reality is if we can show and tell stories about where that success is and how people are delivering a customer experience and bring that back to them to help teach them with the conversations and the business conversations. So uh, Inger Micro as a company, you know, our vision is to be able to have our customers 
interact with us, not just as a distributor, but as a business partner. So having a true business conversations and we're helping with those conversations out to the end user. So we absolutely have that, that vision, but it's got to be more conversations, more meetings with them on the opportunities that they have with their end, end partners. It sounds like a lot of work. It is. So how does that manifest itself when you have so many different competing priorities? Because you still have the vendors you have to satisfy in terms of product throughput or through, uh, through sales to your customers, ultimately to, the customer, uh, to their customers. And you have partners that are sitting here that don't necessarily always have the, the right frameworks to begin with. And they are always on the gun to try to try to maintain their pace. So how is it that you are able to balance or how do you think you're going to be able to balance the competing interests? Well, I, I, they're not necessarily competing. I, the, the investments we're making with some of our large vendor partners to actually stream, streamline how we go to, to market with them yeah. to truly drive that experience. So experience comes in many different forms. But what I tell the team and the conversation we have with our customers, with our customer, there's an end customer that is waiting for that solution to be delivered, developed, uh, and and implemented. So working with the vendors to make that process, because whether it's a physical good that's being delivered, whether it's a virtual good that's being delivered, they have to be able to bring that together and say, here's how this is going to solve for that business outcome. So we're working and spending lots of money with many of our large vendor partners to streamline with what we call is human putty, lots of people behind the curtain on both the vendor side, Ingram side, and our customer side. How do we take that out and streamline that, automate it, simplify it, and allow them to focus on business conversations with their end users versus looking internally, looking internally to Ingram, looking internally to the vendor to help solve complex problems that truly can be taken out through automation. Human putty, how how long has that been kicking around for? A long time, too yeah. long. I mean, it's 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 an industry issue that we have. Yeah. So define it for us. Give me a little bit clear definition. So the amount of resources we have, we take millions and millions of calls when a customer, our customers are looking for a piece of the technology that fits into the solution that they need to find out what the ETA is. So when is the product coming? Maybe it's tied up overseas. It's back order. They call Inger Micro Sales. Inger Micro Sales goes connects to our purchasing organization. The purchasing organization calls the vendor. They may or may not have the answer. If they have the answer, it goes back to purchasing, purchasing to sales, sales to the our customer, our customer to the end user. You go do that six or seven touches for one transaction. When price points aren't going up, there's there's a profit compression throughout the entire industry. How do you streamline all the way from start to finish on what that opportunity could be? Um, and we're working more and more. I mean, people use the buzzword, you know, blockchain, but it's becoming real. We're working with some partners on opportunities on how do we do payments? How do we streamline some of those processes to really take the touch out? I mean, touch human putty is really just the touch that we have associated with it. Yeah. Actually, uh, somebody else we, we talk with regularly about this calls it uh, automation humanization. So you automate more, you create more more opaque resources to let people be more human with each other. So it's, I like the idea. It's interesting. And another thing, just real quick, is we're looking at things like demand planning. Today, it's reaction purchasing. What do we think the demand is going to be? With all the data that we have and the, the, the systems to be able to work with our vendors and work with our customers to be able to get true visibility to potential demand, we're making investments, significant investments in systems to make that process 
more forward thinking and where we're going to be able to, to, to look at really what the demand's going to be versus fulfilling the demand and trying to get out in front of that conversation with our vendor partners and customers. So when you're talking about making these, building these solutions, one of the things I've noticed here at this particular event is a diversity of suppliers and manufacturers. The one that stands out to me is Pickett. Mm-hmm. And listen to his pitch last night. This is a business service. It is a photo service or an image service that his pitches bundle us in with 365. Do you find the composition of the types of companies that are feeding into your portfolio of, of products changing and evolving as these new customer needs are, are transitioning? Absolutely. I would say significantly. And I think that becomes, are they vertically focused in the opportunities that we have? The amount of conversations we have with new and potential uh, customers or vendors, excuse me, providers of, of some part of the solution every day that's rising. I'm seeing new logos of new companies that are starting talking to venture capitalists, investment conversations. And I, that's one of the advantages that we bring together because we have visibility in this ecosystem. And then you throw things like IOT on top of that, which is still a very you know widely used word um, on how this industry is moving forward. So we're, we're seeing it. Uh, significantly now in terms of new startups and new pieces that plug into the solution, little pieces. We're a prime example of it. If you look at our marketing organization or, um, you know, run by Jen and Naya and the decisions they're making to help that process be more fluent and going back to delivering a better customer experience, they're out there making decisions on technology and finding new vendors and new opportunities that we would have never have seen that we would have plugged into our enterprise or, or, or our systems. Um, so there's lots of plugins that are going on into the ecosystem that are be, uh, becoming part of the output of the, uh, of the total solution. So do you find that part of Ingram's role here is not just to do the, the uh, suggestive selling? They used, what they used to call suggestive, you want fries with that, is that you got 365, you got to you know, put this plug in there as well. Do you find that you're architecting end-to-end solutions that can be packaged up? Because one of the things that, as I'm listening to them talk, bundle up with every one of these sales doesn't quite resonate with solution selling. It still sounds like a point sale to me. Yes, but creating bundles, most of these solutions are unique and they have their own fingerprint on them. So that becomes the challenge too. So when we talk about you want to be able to scale uh, these solutions, most of them are individual. So how do we create the flexibility to plug in to those individual solutions? Some of it's just awareness. I mean, you saw some of the um, um, people today that were uh, part of the process that we had in the, the contest that we have that are challenging, quite frankly, some of our large vendor partners of how they're delivering from a solution perspective. They're coming at it from a completely different angle. So um, we are that the, the bundling piece is, is, I think, kind of of the past. It's tough because all of these solutions and you look at them because they're being vertically focused they're being horizontally focused. We tell our customers be narrow in what you're going to offer. The ones that are being narrow and in their swim lane of what they're going to be experts at, be the best at what you can be, not try and be the best at everything. Those are the ones that are being successful. So they're really expertise. And how do we help bring together the other partners? So the partnering, the partnering thing is absolutely one of those areas that we're seeing um, starting to actually take traction. We've been saying it for a while and you've heard me say that a number of times, but we're actually seeing it, whether it's vendors working with, Potential conflict vendors, um, I think that it's, it's being much more 
open to those conversations and customers partnering with each other too for their specific skill set to meet that end user demand. So with putting your international hat on, the, the role you have outside of North America, do you find that this is this value-add proposition, this creating and maintaining value, does that translate into other markets? Generally speaking, it does. The most, the more mature markets, so whether I'm in the U.S. or Canada or I'm in one of my Latin America countries or working with the vendors, there's the same challenges and issues. Now, I think there's an opportunity actually in some of the less mature markets because of the infrastructure that's in place to actually pivot more quickly into a different type of consumption model, a different type of, type of technology, because you're not having to unwind years and years and years of infrastructure that's been built around this. So I think in some instances, they're actually able to leapfrog. And that's shown up in some of our results, too, in many countries around the world in terms of smaller countries uh, embracing new ways to solve for business solutions. Looking forward go out five years, and I know it's hard to look that far ahead, but where do you see England five years from now? What type of a company will it be? Uh, that's a tough question. What I would say is, you know, when we look at where our focus is, again, is how do we change the conversation and, and having partners look at us from not just having a distribution relationship, but truly having a business partnership relationship. Today, if you look at how we kind of connect the entire ecosystem, so we have our e-commerce business that's separated from a, a global perspective of how we can be pretty much everything behind the click button for partners as a fee-for-service business. Having cloud and what that's going to develop, because what I think will happen is you'll see more things like IoT fit into how the cloud solution and platforms being developed. So as we talk about our cloud blue and our technology and how it's being developed, our cloud blue platform, it's not just going to be about necessarily the software or solutions or security and the other technologies that are being delivered there, there's going to be other, I, I believe, um, technologies and solutions delivered via those platforms. It's going to be about the consumption model, not about what is in the consumption model. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I think IoT will continue to get more and more complex in some opportunities, but it'll uh, open up some some opportunities, I think, for all of us. And then it's going to go back to which of our customers want to focus in their swim lanes. I still think this specialization is something that's going to be around and it's it's real. So five years from now, I think it will be about you're the whatever expert. I may be a different expert, but we have to work much more closely together. So I think that co-opetition and the barriers being knocked down, those that embrace that now will be much more successful five years from now. What do you make of the move many the the, the the pivot many of the vendors are making where they're saying transactional sales should be going through marketplaces they're putting more emphasis on isvs as their routes to market um, they're not really high on the traditional ingram customer you know in fact many of them say that they want to decrease the number of resellers they want to increase the number of isvs and they want to have more professional services support how does that impact an ingram as a business I think we're creating in the investment. Again, what I'm proud of is we're making investments to be able to participate in whichever way that plays out. There's going to be many winners in this industry and in, in how products and services are delivered. And I think we've set up the infrastructure and core distribution and we've set up and we continue to make the investments in this virtualized how things and products uh, or services um, are going to be delivered, whether it's cloud or like I said, maybe, you know, some of the other technologies. So, uh, it doesn't concern me. I think that 
we just need to still continue to focus on one of the things that we talk about is a uh, value creation. And when we talk about the value creation and the, the quote that I said is end user influence, and we have to continue to focus on the end user. And I think this industry still gets too focused internally, our customers, our vendors, and the dis- distribution partners about where they think the opportunity is. You heard it today. And I think it's one of the most valuable things is are we really focused from an end user perspective and understanding where the dynamics and opportunities are, and then making sure that we could support what that opportunity is versus trying to force feed where we think the opportunities are. So let's let the end markets play out where those opportunities are. And I think it'll continue to evolve. As you can see, contemporary distributors are definitely not your father's warehouse guys. That's all the time we have for this episode of Pod 2112. I want to thank my guest, Paul Bay, Executive Vice President and Group President of the Americas at Ingram Micro for sharing his insights on the evolution of distribution. And I also want to thank all of you for listening to Pod 2112, a production of the 2112 Group. The 2112 Group is a smart professional services firm supporting the technology industry with research, strategy development, and enablement services. To find out more about how 2112 can help you, visit our website at the2112group.com. Also, check out Channelnomics, our news and analyst site, where you can find insights into the technology and market trends affecting the technology industry and indirect sales models. And don't miss a single episode of Pod 2112. Subscribe today on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't want to miss a single episode. Join us again next time when we bring you more insights from the technology industry's best thought leaders and influencers. Until then, I'm Larry Walsh. Thank you. Thank you.